Will the Browns ever find their identity? The Detroit Lions come to town Sunday. Jeff Rizid is here for all the good action. We'll get to the game on Sunday, all on your latest Locked On Browns. You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. LGB on the LOB, Locked On Browns, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Show itself, Locked On Browns. Follow back account. Um, you guys know the deal. And we always, you know, this is a special week to bring in Jeff. Not that Jeff isn't part of the show, you know, a ton. But, I mean, if we're going to talk Lions Browns, you got to you know, certainly bring in Mr. Jeff Risden. Lions Wire, Browns Wire, Real GM, you name it, he's there. Jeff, first things first, buddy, you know, how you been? You know, for us parents, this kind of gets to be like the crunch time of the year because we got so much on our plate anyway, and then it's the fact of, oh, my God, it gets dark by 4.45. Did we get it all done? Yeah, it's it's that kind of time. You know, we got uh, – I have, you know, I have two kids that play basketball a lot, and uh, they both have practices at different times in different cities – uh, which is a lot of fun for me. So, uh, so my day from three to eight, Monday through Friday, is in the car with my kids and their stinky feet. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jeff's a little bit short, though. Obviously, uh, Jeff's son and daughter very, very accomplished, very uh, great kids, and Jeff would not have it any other way. Yeah, believe that for one second, folks. Um, Jeff, look, the Browns here. In I don't know if maybe we all were guilty of it. And maybe as much as the Browns were guilty of it themselves, I think there was maybe the, um, you know, the mirage of beating the Bengals on the road in Cincinnati as significantly and handily as they did that, okay, well, we're past Odell. Everything's right. We're good. And because it just seems like we rolled in New England like this is going to be okay. And I don't know if it was, you know, outcoached, outplayed, and, but to the point where guys were physically getting smacked around and injured. Uh, this team needs an identity. They need to get themselves together. And, you know, something happened last week that just get, went them into New England. And I think they just thought, hey, we're going to throw out what we got. And we're going to be all right. And they were sorely, sorely mistaken. You know, I'm tired of the identity being you never know what's going to come. You never know which team is going to show up. You know, the, the team because they are the team that absolutely spanked the Bengals. Like, no doubt about it. They, they destroyed them. Um, in every facet of the game, offense, defense, special teams. And then you go to New England and you get that. And I don't and, – and it's been like that all year. Like, the, the, they have a great game and they follow it up with an absolute tank job. <clears throat> and that's – to me, that's a reflection on the coaching staff more than it is anything else because you can't you can't tell me that the coaches are doing the same thing week in and week out and getting those results. They need to either – um, do what they're doing coming off of a loss to generate the games like the Bengals game. Um, and and I'm, I'm blanking on who else they've beaten. <laughs> recently bias on it. Um, but they do a really good job of coming out of those. But they don't handle the success well at all. And that that to me is a, is a team culture and coaching problem. Now, some of this is obviously dealing with injuries. You don't have Nick Chubb. You don't have Jack Conklin. You don't have Kareem Hunt. You don't have... 
a lot of things on your offense. Um, th- that that was a big problem against New England. Doesn't even begin to explain the defensive effort or lack thereof. And you know, oh, so many negative takeaways from the film. Um, and I, I just got through it yesterday. <laughs> and you know, it, it's interesting that you know there's all this focus on Baker. I'm like, uh, yeah, he he played like crap. Um, what about John Johnson? Uh, falling off a cliff from one week to another. And, and the, the, the ebbs and flows, the inconsistency from so many different players, that can't be your identity as the Browns. And right now that's what they are. And that's incredibly frustrating because we've seen them capable of beating anybody anywhere. We've also seen them capable of getting smoked by, look, I'm not going to say that New England is a bad team. They're an average team. Um, and, and, but they look like Super Bowl champs against against the Browns, uh, especially on defense. Uh, their the Patriots' offense going against the Browns' defense, that can't happen. Like, th- get stop the world, man! I want to get off. <laughs> it was I, and I, you know, we had some plans uh, late Sunday afternoon, and I got to be honest, I don't think I was ever more excited to be pulled away, you know, from my couch on a Sunday, on a football Sunday in my life. I, you know, my wife, you ready to go? Yeah. Quick spray cologne. Let's rock here because I, I I have to get out of this house right now because I aggravated, agitated, pissed off. We talked about this a little yesterday with Brent Sobleski. And you literally had Joe Woods going up to Cincinnati and out of Cincinnati saying, I realize I've made some mistakes and I'm going to start to do things a different way, which will be more advantageous. And guess what? You go into Cincinnati. Cincinnati's got three wide receivers that would be wide receiver one on New England Patriots. All three of them would be, even Tyler Boyd. Absolutely. So you go in, lesser athletes on the New England Patriots, um, a rookie quarterback. So what are you trying to do? Maybe rattle the kids so we can blitz a little. We can, tr- we can trust we can play man. We just did it against the Bengals. Nope. Completely forgot. And look, I mean, to get Miles Garrett, and this is probably, one of for me, one of the biggest telling points is, if you get Miles Garrett to basically go off script and have to say, things are not right. And Miles is the most yeah. mild manner superstar that there were. There probably is in all of sports today. But for him to say, well, you just said this five days ago, and now here we are, and what are you doing? And I mean, that's just where it is. And look, you know, I've, I've tried to stay, you know, I've tried to stand for Joe Woods. I really, really have. But you are definitely, definitely not coaching this talent close enough to where it needs to be coached. I'd rather see aggressive mistakes than to see passive wuss type of mistakes that Joe Wood seems to be mistaken with his play calling. Well, it, it's it's so hard to explain. And you're right about Miles. And, and Miles coming out and saying, like, Miles is a really, really bright guy. Uh, for him to do that, he understood the ramifications of what he was doing when he said that. And that is Miles, my interpretation of it anyways, is that that is Miles speaking for the rest of the defensive players like, hey, let us play, dude. You know, we're better than what you're making us look like. Uh, look, look, I'm not, I'm not, again, I'm not going to disparage Mac. Mac Jones made some great throws in that game. Kid played great. Um, I, I actually, um, so when, when the Browns and Lions are playing, I'm watching the Lions on one TV. And I have the Browns on my laptop right here. And uh, I flipped the laptop close after Kendrick Bourne made the touchdown. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> it's just not Cleveland's day. <laughs> um, yeah, then I get to watch the, the Lions and the Steelers try to lose and neither one of them could do it. That was fun too. A wonderful Sunday at the Rooster House, let me tell you. Um yeah. <laughs> the best the, part uh, is spending four hours later writing about all of it. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. You know, I I there are so many like 
one of the things that I'm trying to do is I'm trying to not live week to week with the Browns because of the inconsistency and the, the giant ebbs and flows. And I think overall, the course of the season, they're five and five. That's still good enough in the AFC to not, I mean, they can still win the division fairly handily. They, they win. They win it's true really enough. Games. It's true really enough where they can still beat up. They can still hold home, home field advantage. That's up. I mean, we're talking about a 17 game season with 12, with 12 teams at 500 or better. And it's probably very advantageous to the Browns right now that it's a 17 game season, but go ahead. Yeah, it is. Just look at the, the Bengals were the number one seed in the AFC after week seven. Going into week 10, they were the number 11 seed. So the, the concept that all is lost and, you know, that everything has to be thrown out, that's too reactionary. You can't you can't be that way it, 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 for your sanity, for your own sanity, for God's sakes. You know, you need some fingernails at some point. And what if you can't gnaw them off living and dying on every single week? But the but that's the frustrating part about this team is because you never know what you're gonna get. Like Detroit's coming in here 08 and one. These Lions are terrible on pass. They have the worst passing offense I've seen in the NFL since since Charlie Fry was was leading the Browns. Um, J- Jared Goff and Cody Kessler are the same freaking dude. You cannot tell me any different. And I'm worried a little bit from a Browns standpoint that oh my god, this is this is the week where Jared Goff, you know. Get, gets going and, and looks like the guy that you know took the ramps of the Super Bowl back in 2017. Because that guy's been missing in, in action big time. And I can justify it because I saw it last week with, with the way that the Browns played defense. A passive scheme. Um, the, the run defense fits that they have, especially when Mac Wilson is playing linebacker. Are just, I don't understand how they think that might work. I just don't. And that, that, that's the frustrating part is because they are more talented than what they're showing on a week-to-week basis. Some weeks you get it, some weeks you don't. I want to see them come out and, and play a solid game like three weeks in a row. Give, give, me, give, me, give, me, give me two weeks in a row where you play at a B level instead of giving me an A level one week and an F level the next on both sides of the ball. That, that, that's what I want. I want that, Jeff. Make that happen. Uh, I think we do need it, and seeing as you know, you have Detroit this week, and then you have Baltimore, and that's another thing that actually still, as bad as things have been, and sitting at five and five, you still hold these two Baltimore games. You still have another Cincinnati. You still have another Pittsburgh. Um, but again, now that's going to be a hell of beans if you know you're going to come out with you know the I didn't do my homework, or you're going to cram, you know, or we're we going to go to this where we cram for everything and we ace the midterm, even though we didn't do a goddamn thing for a hundred days during the semester. So yep. we're going to get to a little bit here. We're going to flip the script. We're going to get some thoughts here from Jeff's on, Jeff on the Lions because there is one thing that the Lions do well that certainly is a concern for what the Browns do not do well going into Sunday's affair at home. First energy, 1 o'clock on Sunday. <clears throat> this episode of Locked On Browns is brought to you by McDonald's. Proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect. A place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose is a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's the place you always look forward to, to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. As Jeff knows, as I know, a lot of time in the car with the kids, you got to feed them. Kids, teens, my God, they'll eat you out of house and home. Um, if they tell you, oh, I only want a six-piece McNugget, you're in the car, you get a 20 
because 10 minutes later, they're going to be hungry again. We appreciate you, McDonald's, for that. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Did somebody say a Lockdown Browns watch party? Why not? Could happen. McDonald's. Da, 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 da. I'm loving it. We go into Sunday here, Jeff. And as you said, Jared Goff, obviously, you know, I think if anything, it maybe made Sean McVay look even that much more better trading away Jared Goff. Because, like, wow, now you see it and you're like, whoa, wow, they were actually able to do some things. Um, But they run the ball well. And, Jeff, as you just stated before, this is a serious, serious issue right now. And, you know, I'm not trying to put much on Malik Jackson totally because if Malik Jackson was brought here to be a full-time defensive tackle and help aid in the run game, then that's a mistake on the Cleveland Browns. Certainly Andrew Billings in that entire mess, and it's good that it's over, did not help one iota. Malik McDowell, we had no way of knowing what Malik McDowell truly was. I don't think anybody did, but he trends to be more towards the player of Malik Jackson um, than a traditional defensive tackle who's going to help you in first down situations. And we talked about this a couple times this week. Look, you may just want to start playing Togiai and Jordan Elliott earlier in first and 10 situations. Because they can't do any worse, Jeff. They certainly can't do any worse. And if you're the Lions, you're coming into this game, you say, okay, look, we are 0-8-1. But let's see, the last two times Browns lost, Pittsburgh Steelers were able to control the game by running the ball. The Patriots just killed them by running the ball. And look, we got some backs. It's one of the strengths of our team because God knows we certainly don't have wide receivers. Yeah, and and the Lions ran the ball for 229 yards against Pittsburgh Sunday. Uh, and they did that without their best running back, Jamal Williams, who should be back this week. Uh, look, uh, DeAndre Swift is an interesting case. He's a good back. He's not good at all between the tackles. That's where Jamal Williams thrives. Uh, but you saw this past week, one of the things that – so the Lions cut Darren Fells, our old Browns friend, Darren Fells, as their blocking tight end. They replaced him by using their six, their a sixth offensive tackle um, as their blocking tight end, and it worked brilliantly against Pittsburgh. And it will also work brilliantly against Cleveland if they try to do it again, based on what I've seen. Um, the, the the inside to outside run, being able to run inside or outside, is something that New England presented very well. That's something that Detroit did last week um, before Jamar Jefferson got hurt in that game. He was a he was a plow up the middle and Jamal Williams is a, a very consistent runner in the A and B gaps. And that, that's where you can attack the Browns. And guess what? If the safeties creep in, if the linebackers shade in a, a step more, that's where Deandre Swift has success going off tackle, you know, bouncing an inside run to the outside, uh, as long as he's decisive on it. So they do have the ability to run the ball and they do have, you know, in, in TJ Hawkinson, a pretty good weapon at tight end. He's coming off a rotten game. He played awful. Um, against Pittsburgh, uh, so the the he he had the weekend in Pittsburgh that the Browns fans are complaining that, uh, that that David Njoku had in New England, um, <laughs> and, and they're both right. They're both right to complain. So the the run dynamic there, the only issue is is that New England could also throw out of that. They they set up play action. They could throw out of it. The play action, the one one pass that Jared Goff attempted that was longer than, than 20 yards in the air was a 42-yard attempt down the field to, to wide receiver Khalif Raymond, who had five steps, five steps on the defender. 
he had to run back, sprint back to break up the throw from being intercepted by two different Steelers. The ball went about 38 yards in the air. Um, and and that was that's Jared Goff in a nutshell. His average air yards per attempt at halftime was 0.1. That's this is a this is an offense. And honestly, that could be a problem for Cleveland because the Browns are better suited at guys who, who try to go down the field. They, to it might be Jared Goff's credit this week, he loves to throw the ball right away to a to somebody behind the line of scrimmage, uh, whether it's a running back, a tight end, <laughs> Khalif Raymond, Amon Ross St. Brown. They love that little short pass, that, that quick pass, and then try to make something happen in space. Uh, he telegraphs them. He doesn't necessarily look – look down the field ever um and and uh, uh, the the week before uh the bye uh Detroit came out of the bye into Pittsburgh before that they played the Philadelphia Eagles they lost 44 to 6 in that game the Eagles safeties played in front of their linebackers at times and Goff could not make them pay so this is a game this is a get right game for the secondary because they're not going to be challenged down the field. Jared Goff simply won't throw it. Uh, if if what happens last week with Mac Jones, who's who's a better quarterback than Jared Goff at this point, if that happens against Detroit, then then you've got to have serious conversations about whether Joe Woods needs to be replaced. I would say, and look, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, I've tried. It's just it's just not getting there. And uh, for you Cleveland folks, um, you know, just a quick peek ahead. 60% chance of rain and in the 40s Sunday in Cleveland. So perfectly, absolutely beautiful weather for Jared Goff. The West Coast kid will be, you know, beaming ear to ear <laughs> to walk into that one. And as everybody knows, if it gets under 50 in Cleveland and there is some precipitation in the air along with that, <laughs> will come the winds. Defensive side of the ball. Jeff, I, I mean, I, they played good last week, Detroit. I mean, you know, as good as they can possibly play for not having a quarterback, essentially. Um, what's exactly there? Because I and this is one thing I kind of agreed with what they did this year in the draft process. They knew they were light years away. So hey, let's get some trench players, let's get some core players. You know, we'll figure out, you know, what we're looking for in a quarterback, you know, going further. Um, you're certainly gonna need to add, you know, some people at the wide receiver position. There's no doubt about that. And they're in a similar situation where the Browns are. You, it's not gonna be easy to do through free agency. When you have quarterback questions and also the fact that wide receivers don't get the ball a ton, guys don't come running for that. Uh, but defensive side of the ball here, tell me a little bit about what's there, maybe what's good, what's working, some uh, players that we should be looking out for on Sunday. Yeah, so they are not good, but they're getting – well, it's <laughs> tough because, again, they played pretty well against Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh was starting Mason Rudolph. Uh, and that was – I mean, so there was a play – Jerry Jacobs is one of these starting outside corners for the Detroit Lions. He's an undrafted rookie out of Arkansas who didn't play college football uh, last year. He opted out. Now he's 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 outplayed his undrafted status, and he's a he's a try hard guy. He was beaten by four steps by uh, who was it? Deontay Johnson on a play on a pass route, ten yard pass route. Mason Rudolph threw the ball so soft that Jerry had time in a ten yard throw to make up four steps. So it's it's tough to judge that he he's a try hard guy. Amani Oruwariye at cornerback on the other side is a a try hard guy. He winds up getting some interceptions here and there. They're vulnerable, but they're not awful. Uh, is probably the best way to say it. Uh, big thing is is if Tracy Walker can come back at safety. He is the linchpin of their secondary. He got a concussion last week. 
We'll see what happens with it. Uh, his body actually went limp for a minute on the field. It was, it was kind of scary. He's been really good. The other safeties are Will Harris and Dean Marlowe. Neither one of those would ever see the field for 30 other teams. Uh, it, it, it's rough. Um, I, I will give Will Harris credit. Um, so for the for the Lions people who are listening in, you know, you know where I'm at on Will Harris. He made the game-saving play, and I will give him a lot of credit. He probably had the best game of his career against Pittsburgh, and I, I will I will tip my hat to him for that because he, he earned it. They don't cover down the field well. There's there's too many gaps. There's so many inexperienced guys going. Well, this is a team. They're number one and number two cornerbacks going into the year. Were Quentin Dunbar and Jeff Okuda. Okuda tore his Achilles on the, the fourth drive of the season. Dunbar got into trouble uh, off the field, and it, it just never worked out. They brought in a, a third-round pick, Ifyatu Malifanwu, as Okuda's replacement. He tore his – he did something. He, he's at, he, might, he might be back this week. He did something to his thigh. He's been on IR since week two. So they've been playing undrafted rookies opposite Amani Okrawarke on the outside <laughs> – um, their, their slot corner is another undrafted guy, AJ Parker, who's been solid. He's, he's okay. Um, nothing, he looks like he belongs in the NFL, but it, 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 you're, you're not, you're, you're not talking about a guy that's, you know, going to be a long-term NFL asset there. Um, we hope that he develops into that in Detroit, but right now, you know, you're dealing with undrafted rookies all over that defense. The, the line is okay. Uh, Ali McNeil, the, the rookie nose tackle has been really good. Uh, he doesn't play enough in my opinion. They have solid defensive ends. Nick Williams, Michael Brockers, uh, rookie Levi Anzarike has been a bit of a disappointment for a second rounder, but he's not he's not Malik Jackson uh, the, to that depth yet. <laughs> uh, you know, they're 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 in a rebuild, and they're seeing who fits and who doesn't fit in Aaron Glenn's defense. And it, it's a three-four base defense. Um, it is a defense that if you run the ball right at them, you can run right at them. If you try to go sideways, they are going to stop that. So th- this is a week where you know it, it would be critical to get Nick Chubb back from a Cleveland standpoint. It would be actually Dearness Johnson and his style sets up pretty nicely. Uh, they, it's it's hard because there there are a lot of of quality players that don't necessarily fit together on the Detroit defense. If that makes sense, it reminds me a little bit of the Browns defense in 2018, the first year with Baker, um, where, where there were some pieces, like you saw, they, the Lions do not have Miles Garrett. Um, and that, that's the biggest <laughs> thing. But they have some guys that, that kind of work. You know, Trey Flowers isn't isn't a bad outside linebacker. Um, Alex Anzalone is okay at what he does at, at inside linebacker. He's sort of a, a, a better version of, of Mac Wilson. But they they just don't all fit together all the time very well. And uh, if they have a if they're facing a decisive quarterback and they're facing a, a downhill run game, they're going to struggle. And look, I mean, and the other thing is, you know, if we're not talking about the running backs being back this week, um, then we have to question about whether or not you lied to us when you told us they were vaccinated. Um, but I, you know, I think that's all going to trend positively. And again, you know, that is not anything that's ever ever. That information is not given out. It's just, hey, they're off the list. They're back. So anybody who thinks they know that information, you all got to stop with that. They can't do it. It's a violation of HIPAA laws, for God's sakes. So I, I can't I can't have any more of, you know, oh, I heard this. You didn't hear anything. All right, enough with that, folks. Yeah. We we're actually going to get to You just this. don't know. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you reach out to the highest of people who are in the building. All like, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> That's the answer they give you. We're not allowed to know. We know when they, we know the same time everybody else knows. 
Um, with that, we're going to get here to the actual game on Sunday. Some things to look for here as we start to put a wrap on this one. Mr. Jeff Risen along for the ride on your latest Locked on Browns. Here is something that may aid Mr. Risden and plenty of you people. Hey, Browns fans, this is Jeff Lloyd from the incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Again, download the app for free. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 in a month in cash back, and there is no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Again, download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. If you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, you are missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars yourself to believe it. Most protein bars are chalky or waxy or just plain hard to choke down. A Built Bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate, and when you bite into it, you know you are eating something different. It's more of an experience, one that you'll enjoy. In fact, you swear you were eating a candy bar. Built Bars are low-carb, low-calorie, low-fat, low-sugar, and high in protein. So all the healthy benefits on top of being just purely delicious. So many flavors. There are so many mouthwatering flavors, including coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, and cherry barcia. This month, Built is coming out with a new limited time flavor every three to four days. So check their <laughs> website often. You don't want to miss out. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. I think Jeff Risden is eating a lesser protein bar as we speak, but we'll get to that in a minute. Again, promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Jeff, you go into this game Sunday, and look, I don't want pretty. I don't want perfection. I want keep it simple, stupid. You just said they shouldn't be able to, you know, should be able to handle your running game. Most, most likely the Browns are going to be trending back to, and look, if we don't know whether or not Kareem Hunt, and this is, you know, we recorded this a little earlier in the week, we don't know if Kareem Hunt is back at practice. You don't need Kareem Hunt to beat the 0-8-1 Detroit Lions. Nick Chubb is fine. Deirdre Johnson's fine. Felton's fine. Hell, even John Kelly might be all right. So let's not worry about that. I'd rather have the full compliment going into you know Baltimore. So you should look to be able to run the ball. Weather could be a factor. But even still, you've got to do something to get this passing game on track. And I do understand you are a little limited, and it's not to give Baker an excuse but when you got a foot issue, you got a knee issue, you got two issues in the shoulder, you can't do the rollouts. You, you just can't because obviously those plays are designed where you're going to draw somebody up the field with the intent, knowing your quarterback's going to take a hit. You really can't do that. But find a way, keep it simple. This is an 0-8-1 football team. And you know, right now they're worried about their kicker at 0-8-1, which sounds hysterical. We're gonna, we, we need to work on who's going to be the kicker for an 0-8-1 team. But just go in there, play sound, play smart, and get it done. Jeff, they're on their sixth kicker. <laughs> they're all eight and one. Like, what does it even matter at this point? Like, do you even need one? They, they, and that's they how bad would, it is. They're on their sixth, uh, their sixth kicker for a team that barely scores. They would be one and eight if Ryan Santoso made an extra point or 
Did did you see his his field goal attempt in overtime? Yeah, I think it hit me here in New Jersey. It, it might have. It, it was it was like watching somebody who'd never golfed before step up to the yep. first tee and swing. Uh, and then, swing. I mean, he, he looked real good lining up and everything, but then that sucker went about it, you know, a ninety degree angle to the yeah you know, the left. But go ahead. Yeah. So uh, I mean, Austin Seibert was doing okay. Old old Browns friend Austin Seibert. Somehow he injured himself in practice last week enough that he's on IR. It's it's just can't wrong. blame the guy. I don't want to do this anymore. Get me out of here. The, 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 there might be something to that. This is a like. There's just so limited. One one of the big themes that we've had in Lions Land all year is that the margin for error for the Lions to to be successful is so infinitesimally small. They're trying to thread the needle on both offense and defense every week, and they have come close. To their credit, they play up well. They should have beaten Baltimore. It took it mm-hmm. took Justin Tucker setting an NFL record at the buzzer to beat them. They should have beaten Minnesota. Um, and, and by the way, that Baltimore kick never should have happened because the, there was a delay of game penalty that they ignored and allowed him to kick. Um, that that still pisses me off. It still makes me angry that to this day, um, two months later. They lost by the same margin to Greg Joseph kicking a 55-yard field goal as time expires when he had missed from 36 earlier in the day. So they, they've had some misfortune. They, they played up pretty well against Pittsburgh. I'm, I'm not going to say that the, the Steelers without Ben Roethlisberger, um, they don't look good. Uh, that, that's probably a kind way to say it. It was the worst game I've ever seen Devin Bush play in high school, college, or the pros at linebacker. But you know, the, the Lions did some things. They're not going to be a team that just lets you run them over. You're, you're going to have to go out and execute to beat them. And I think that's something that Baltimore took for granted a little bit. And but but you look at there's no reason why they the the Browns Sunday can't do what the Bengals did to the Lions, what the Eagles did to the Lions, because the, the way that the Browns, even with Baker not being healthy, he'll still be able to find some holes. And I'm actually worried about Jarvis Landry. At, for, from a, a going forward standpoint, as I am Baker, because the, the Jarvis Landry that we're seeing right now, that that guy isn't good enough to be a a, a top weapon in your passing game. Wasn't a top athlete to begin with, and he's out there right now limited, which just makes him almost too. I mean, because you can get by with intelligence, um, but with average athleticism, but you know, good intelligence and less than average athleticism right now is not a good look for Jarvis. No, it's not, and and that that's that's another issue that I think is getting swept under the rug with all the the Baker hysteria. Um, he's not the only offensive player who's struggling. J.C. Treader, we're gonna have to have a conversation real soon, Jeff. About does he need to get benched this year? Uh, he's been rough, uh, and I worry from a Brown standpoint this Sunday. Ali McNeil at nose tackle for Detroit. That guy can play, uh, and and more to the point. He's really good at reestablishing the, the line of scrimmage backwards. Uh, and that's not something that J.C. Treader is preventing right now. And, and that can be a problem. So there, there, are, there are paths to victory for, for the Lions in this game, believe it or not. There really are. Um, again, they will have to hit on all of them to make it work. But the Browns can't go into this game playing the way that they, they did against New England. They can't approach it that, okay, we're better than this team. We're going to go out there, you know, we, we 
you know, two weeks ago we rolled the Bengals who who rolled the Lions, you know, the week before that. They can't approach it that way. They've got to approach this as like this is a game, like this is a wounded animal that, that's you know they just they're coming off their best outcome in almost a calendar year. That Lions haven't won since week thirteen of last year, <laughs> which was their first game after they fired Matt Patricia, um, which is still a glorious day. Uh, so that, go out, execute your your game plan. Have a game plan that that you understand that the. Understand what Detroit does and what they don't do and, and try to stop that defensively. Attack them offensively smart. And, and the Browns can win this game by two touchdowns fairly easily. But they have to play, like, and not just Baker. You know, you need better play from J.C. Trader. You need you need better play from, from Jed Wills. You need better play from David Njoku. You got to have something out of Jarvis Landry that isn't a drop. You know, if, if it's fourth and three from the 13, kick the damn field goal. Take the points. <laughs> Jeff and I have been on this for about six weeks now, and maybe it's the olderness in us. And look, you know, I'm not going to let something ride for the chance for it to be $300. You want to give me 85? I'm good. All right, I'll yeah. take it. I'll move on, and you know, we'll find a way to piecemeal the we, rest we of it. We're approaching the prices right, Jeff. You only understand that you take a thousand dollars instead of trying for the extra ten thousand because the wheel's going to go against you. One hundred percent. That is exactly the way this works. And, you know, and look, and the thing is, and I'm not, we'll just, I mean, I'll go real quick. If you're going to go for it on fourth down all the time, these plays better look damn good. Not Austin Hooper with a miraculous reception to save your butt because you just ran three plays that look like dog crap. Oh, but now you're going to break out the good play. Like, now, like, oh, no, no, no. We, we did that just to fool around. And I don't even want to get started, Jeff, on the direct snap. To Johnny Stanton, of all people, for God's sake. I mean, yes, yeah, he was a quarterback in college. That's nice. That's not college anymore. So one thing for the Browns' advantage here, the Lions' defense is awful in the red zone. They're awful. They're dead last. Um, I don't know what the exact percentage is. Going into week 10, they allowed touchdowns on 83% of opposing incursions into the red zone. That's bad. So uh, the, the, there will be opportunities for Baker and, and the offense to cash in there. Uh, they don't get to the offensive red zone very often, so it, it's tough to gauge that. Like, this is, this is a game – look, I, it, this, as you know, this, this is a weird game for me. I'm a Cleveland native. I'm a Lions fan. I grew up living between the two cities. I grew up in, in, in Vermilion and watching Toledo football. Uh, Toledo stations from, and, and Cleveland stations. So uh, this is, I, I, this is this is the week I would love a tie. Quite honestly, instead of last week for Detroit, uh, because then, then you know half the half the people that I that I cater to aren't aren't all pissed off. Um, it's the, the look. One of the other things that, that's at play here, the Lions very much want to get that number one overall pick, and a win here goes against that because they're probably going to edge ahead of Houston if that happens because the Texans they ain't winning again. Uh, at least I don't see them winning again. Uh, they are a definitively worse football team than what what these Lions are. And uh, for, it would be nice for, for Dan Campbell to go out and get a win from a Lions standpoint. I would like to see that. I like Dan Campbell. I like what he's trying to do. I'm not so fond of his offensive coordinator. I'm not so fond of, of some of the decisions that they've made. He's learning on the job. He's, he's made some mistakes, some coaching mistakes, and he'll probably make a couple more coaching mistakes. The fourth down decisions in Detroit aren't any better. These are the worst two teams at going for it on fourth down. They also happen to be the two teams that go for it the most on fourth down. <laughs> There's, oh, Jeff, it's been a frustrating year, man. <laughs> oh, no doubt about it. And, you know, and this is where, you know, you obviously folks for Jeff Rizzo, 
if you don't want to read somebody's work or you want to support somebody, imagine somebody voluntarily saying, I will do Lions and Browns content. So that's what you need to know about Jeff Risden. And by all means, let's take care of the guy. But Jeff, you're mentioning this number one pick. And now this becomes typical the way it looks here for Detroit. Yeah, good chance of getting the number one overall pick. All right. You know, we're probably stuck with golf for another year, but let's get another quarterback in here. And if you reach out to 12 draft evaluators about who they think the top quarterback is in this draft, you're going to get five to six different answers. Jeff, who right about now do you think looks to maybe possibly be, hopefully, that guy for Detroit? I like Matt Corral. Uh, I like what I see from him. He's following the developmental arc of Joe Burrow and Dak Prescott as a guy who had a lot of questions going into his last year, and he answers them all. He's doing a lot of things that I see good NFL quarterbacks do. So I like him. Uh, I like what I see from Kenny Pickett. There are some drawbacks. He's 24. He's got tiny hands. Uh, he doesn't necessarily play against very good defenses all the time. But uh, he, he certainly grabbed my attention. Right now, I'm of the school of thought that they don't go quarterback at number one, that they're going to take a, a either Kayvon Thibodeau or Aiden Hutchinson, the pass rusher, because their pass rush sucks. Um, there's no doubt. There's no, there's no way to sugarcoat that. It's not good. Similar um, to the Browns it, philosophy in twenty uh, in 2017. Exactly. We're not sure who the guy is, so but you want to know what? We know that guy's good. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, neither of those guys is Miles Garrett. And that's, you know, but they hopefully you can get enough people around them that is close and, and, and you get the quarterback with they own the Rams first round pick. They will have the, the top one or two picks in the second round. They also own the Rams number one pick the year after that. So if they want to maneuver and go up and get the quarterback, they can get them. Um, who knows where it will be? Who knows who they like yet? They, they got to do something, though. This Jared Goff thing, uh, he's. Um, I, I've compared him several times this week, and it, it, it really does remind me of Cody Kessler, watching Cody Kessler in Browns camp in 2017. Uh, the, the, the soft tossing, the, the panic, like, oh, my God, I'm not even going to try to throw the ball down the field because I know that I, it, it won't happen. I'm just going gonna, gonna to get the ball. I'm going to look over here to my right, and then I'm going to throw it to my left to the shortest option. Um, he doesn't even read down the field anymore. It, it's, you can watch that if you watch Lions film. It, and I don't think that's going to change. I, I think he's validating why the Rams got rid of him. Uh, the problem is, is that there, there aren't great options. Um, I, I do like Matt Corral a lot. I'm not sure that he's going to be the option. He's he, Right now, he's not Joe Burrow. He's not Deshaun Watson. He's not Baker Mayfield coming out. And that's that's concerning. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting time. Uh, one of the things that I don't want to have happen is I don't want Lions fans to talk themselves into to liking a guy just because they have to. Exactly. Uh, and and that, that's going to be fun going forward. You know? and, and it's interesting that, you know, the, the Browns fans are sort of doing that now. Some fans are talking themselves out of Baker Mayfield. Some fans are trying to talk themselves into Mitchell Trubisky. I'm like, oh. Well, this is – and that's my thing. And, and, and everybody, oh, we'll just get another quarterback. Fine. Who? And exactly. every time I do it – and, and, of course, it started on radio yesterday. Mitch Trubisky. Mitch, Mitch Trubisky. Seriously? Oh. And other, oh, well, he was starting to maybe come around a little bit in Chicago. Yeah, and they moved on from him. So, I mean, I, I, I just I, – you, 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 I, I got Aaron Rodgers thrown at me a lot. Okay. Yeah. Tell me you're getting Aaron Rodgers, then yes. Sure. Yeah, give me that. I, I'll, I'll drive out to Green Bay. I'll throw him in the back yes. of the car. I, you know, I mean, I'll drive him I'll here. I'll swim across the lake. I live right across the lake from Green Bay. I'll swim over yeah. there and bring him back right now. Yeah. Ain't happening, but sure, it's a nice it's a nice thought. Yeah, a guy who was thinking about trying to find his way to get even closer to the West Coast to host a game show as well. Yeah, all of a sudden now it's just gonna be like, you know what, I'll just go to Cleveland. 
Don't come to me with, with a problem without a solution. That's one of Bingo. my life mantras. I learned that from a boss. A I know. Time. You put this out yesterday. I remember that. I, I was, that, yes. that, that, that. That's something that's very, it's a core value to me. And if you're telling me that your solution is Mitch Trubisky, I'm sorry. That's not acceptable. It's just no. not. <laughs> no. We're going from bad to worse. So, I mean, if that's what you want, guys, by all means. And then there were other ones where it was, oh, we'll just wait till 2023. All right, so we're going to stall everything this organization has done and then hope that a rookie quarterback in 2023 is going to get things done. Uh, yeah. All right, folks, he is Jeff Rich. It's a fun Browns wire. <laughs> Browns wire, Lions wire, Real GM. Uh, Jeff still writes you know, one of uh, you know, some of my favorite pieces over at Real GM, his weekend preview and then his weekend wrap-up. Uh, still some of my favorites over there. Make sure you're checking that out. Uh, as far as everything else, you know, Jeff puts in the work always has at Jeff Risden. Um, make sure you're checking everything out. Um, the show itself may appreciate everybody for making Lockdown Browns your first listen. Whatever podcast platform it is, uh, always free, always available. Make sure you're following or subscribed. Um, with that, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the yellow B. Let's go Browns.